Welcome to another episode of Yappin' With Us. Today, we're going to continue our Shadowhunter Chronicles journey and discuss City of Fallen Angels by Cassandra Clare. We are now entering the second half of the Mortal Instruments, so if you haven't listened to the last three ep episodes, go do that. So now getting into the question that we left off with last time, what are your thoughts on Sebastian? He gives me, like, Draco Malfoy energy, but with, like, the added con of being pro-incest and actually genuinely insane. Like, I never really liked Sebastian because I thought he was too pushy with Clary in City of Glass. Like, I really didn't like his energy. Um, but I definitely started liking him better than I liked Jace, which is so embarrassing because I always thought I had a pretty good intuition but now I know that he's a deranged sociopath, so. So, um, at first I thought he was kind of cool in City of Glass. Didn't give him, like, too much thought. I love that, like, Cassie was giving Clary this type of love interest who, A, wasn't her brother, or B, her childhood best friend that she considered a brother. But then she was, he was, like, actually, actually her brother, and he kissed her and was pursuing her, and that was just not okay. I feel like he's worse than Clary because he actively, like, was very aware that they were biological siblings, and he was like, I must have you. I must yeah. have her. No, that was just not okay. No, it's, I just, like, I thought you would leave the incest in City of Glass, but no, it, it follows. The incest always oh. follows in these books. And that's, like, a big warning for the Mortal Instruments, not so much her other series, I don't think, but this one like all six books yeah it's there yeah all the time no matter how much backlash she receives for the incestuous plot line it just continues to thrive it it you know it's like a i very wonder like who okayed this like were her editors like oh, okay yeah no i see where you're coming from let's just keep that in there i feel like they thought that it like the, the jason clary incest was like romantic because like that's the only thing in my head like why else would you okay that which you know makes you makes you really weird in the first place but also like they just must have not cared you know they're just like oh it's whatever this book's not gonna blow up but then it did blow up and then they're just like well now we have to continue with this bad plot line yeah they 100% could have stopped it from continuing in the last three books I don't know why that was necessary but well yeah. It is what it is. So, Mortal Instruments, if y'all don't like incest, maybe don't pick it up. But anyways, we're going to do a little <laughs> recap from the last book, which was City of Glass. So, Valentine is deceased. Jace got brought back from the dead, and he's now having super realistic dreams of murdering Clary. Clary and Jace aren't siblings, but Clary and Sebastian are, so technically she still did kiss her brother. And that's all you missed on keeping up with the Shadow Hunters. <laughs> Uh, now onto the plot for City of Fallen Angels. So the crew's back in New York, and Jace and Clary can officially date now that they aren't siblings, even if that's still kind of weird. Um, there's still a lot of drama between them, but honestly, who's surprised? Jace keeps pushing her away, and Clary's just very confused. Simon is having a rough time adjusting to being a vampire, and having the mark of Cain that juices people when they try to attack him really is not helping. And the poor baby is also dating a shadow hunter and a werewolf at the same time, and my heart just bleeds for him. But luckily, he has Jordan, his new werewolf buddy slash protector, to keep him safe. But uh-oh, Jordan is actually Kyle, and he's the abusive boyfriend who turned 
Maya into a werewolf. So that's a very sticky love square that is just very unnecessary. Anyways, the new bad guy to beat is Lilith, the mother of Edom and all demons, who is trying to whisper to Jace in through his mind, through his telepathy mindness, to join her nefarious plans and help her raise Sebastian from the dead. Okay, so getting right into things, Simon, Maya, and Isabel, and I guess like Jordan or Kyle, whatever you call him, um, I I like Simon and Maya together more because like I feel like Isabel was like really judgmental. Like in the first three books, she seemed like super like open and she was like, I don't know, like she was fine with downworlders. But then in this book, like when they were meeting at like a restaurant or something, she was just like really disgusted by him the whole time. And I was like, what's happening? Yeah, I think logistically, Izzy, like, will never be able to understand the hate and the mistrust downworlders get subjected to, and I think she subconsciously also contributes to a lot of that by just having, like, prejudices against downworlders as a whole, and, like, in that vein, I, I believe that Maya might be better for Simon because she can kind of understand what he's going through, especially since, like, being a downworlder is now such a huge part of his life, right, and it's just, like, a large part that Izzy will never understand. And also, like, Maya seems to be more chill and, like, have more in common with him in terms of, like, what he's interested in, like, video games and literature and all that. But, you know, of course, now that's a little bit skewed because we got to throw Jordan slash Kyle into the mix. Yeah, uh, that's just, like, a little too much for me. Like, all that. There's weight. Like, Love Square is just, I don't know. It's not it for me. Like, I like a good love triangle, don't get me wrong, but this just happens to be a bad love triangle. It's just not a good one. It's not entertaining. It's not cute. It's not, it's just, it's like, Simon, what are you doing? Like, I thought it was so uncharacteristic of Simon to be in this love triangle. I agree. It was like, he used to be like, kind of a nothing person. Like, he was a nerd. And... (laughs) He didn't really have anything going or much going for him, but now, like, two really cute girls are into him, and he doesn't know what to do, but I feel like, I don't know. Like, I feel like he he knows that Maya is, like, more compatible with him in everything you said, like, their interests and everything, but I think he is just dating Izzy because she's attractive. That's, like, oh, that's so weird because... Cassandra Clare built Simon up in my mind to be like an upstanding man. Then here he goes dating two girls at once just because they're both hot. Like that just didn't seem to match with the idea of Simon I had in my head, which is kind of, this is like kind of where I stopped liking Simon. I didn't respect him for what he did to um, Maya and Izzy. But that brings me to my next point. How do you feel about Kyle ratting Simon out to Maya and Isabel? It was a dick move for sure. Like, he was sent to Simon to help him with his transition and make sure he was safe or whatever. And instead, he's getting his own personal feelings involved, being completely unprofessional, and not letting Simon deal with his own situations by himself. Like, if anything, like, he can, I don't know, like, tell Simon, like, hey, dude, figure it out, you know? Yeah, I completely agree. Like, do I think that Jordan shouldn't have said anything about the whole double dating situation or cheating situation. No, I absolutely think he should have said something. He just should have said something to Simon. 
Like instead of shoving a flyer underneath Maya's door, like some kind of weird gremlin, he could have been like, hey, Simon, maybe we should like talk about this. You know, like maybe you should stop stringing along these girls. Because not only was that really shitty for Simon to just see both of his girlfriends show up. I have no sympathy for him, but it's just, you know, shitty. Um, It was pretty shitty for Maya and Isabel. I don't think they deserve to find out like that. Yeah, like, he definitely was only taking his own feelings into consideration and not, like, thinking about how it would affect, like, the other girls. And, like, on that note, like, what do you think of Maya and Jordan actually being, like, if they were them being a couple? Like, what are your thoughts? I mean, personally, the fact that Jordan was the one who caused Maya all of this trauma and was the one who turned her as well. And she's still like healing from the past trauma that he put her through. And it, it, like, to me, it doesn't matter if that was the first time he turned, you know, like, I don't think that he deserved, like, she would have been totally well within her rights if she just totally hated him and didn't talk to him ever again. Right. Like, I don't really, I'm not like a huge Maya Jordan fan, but if she's, found it within her heart to forgive him, then I guess that's okay. I just personally, in, I, I think she could have done a little better. Yeah, I don't, like, I'm very, um, I'm very confused about how I feel, because on one hand, if you just take the situation where she had, like, an abusive boyfriend, and, like, that's it, but then at the same time, I'm like, well, if someone was going through, like, a psychotic episode, like, what would you do? And you didn't know. And you only found out later. I mean, I guess I wouldn't forgive them. But I'm not a very forgiving person anyways. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah, me neither, honestly. If I were in Maya's shoes, I wouldn't forgive them. But we're also not in Maya's shoes. So we will never really know how we would react. But I'm just, you know, me right now, it's just a no from me. Yeah, and I think it's, like, it's good for him that he has found his inner peace, but just because he's found it doesn't mean she has to yeah. find it for him, too. Like, she doesn't have to find it within herself to um, be okay with it now that he's better. Like, I don't know if that makes sense. Like, just so because that, you're better doesn't mean that, like, I'm going to want to deal with you right now. Yeah, that's so true. Like, he, he found her when he healed from his trauma. He didn't wait for her to be healed. Which yeah. is, like, yeah, it's something he definitely should have checked first before just barging into her life, right? Honestly. Um, but Jordan was not really, like, he was way too influenced by his emotions, and he wasn't paying attention to his job. Yeah. Yeah, he literally Which, wasn't paying attention when Simon drank Maureen. <laughs> drank Maureen. <laughs> She, he literally drank Maureen at a public venue, and Jordan didn't notice. I know, like, <laughs> I would report him to his boss. Like, he had a whole snack, <laughs> and Jordan, yeah, Jordan definitely was very unprofessional. I think his his job and his title was super impressive, and I was really happy for him, but he just, I don't know if he deserved it. He wasn't doing a bang-up job. Yeah, maybe, like, in a situation where Maya wasn't there, he was, he's, like, this amazing, whatever, whatever he's called. I forget his job title. Praetor Lupus. Okay. That. Um, <laughs> but in this situation, he also picked the job because Maya was there. Yeah. That's a conflict of interest. Yeah. Like, yeah. please get out of this situation. Yeah. Anyways. I definitely think he, if he wanted to say sorry, he could have just sent her, like, a letter or something. But anyways, <laughs> moving on from Jordan, 
Uh, we're gonna move to Jace. So here are my two cents about Jace. How is he the most talented shadow hunter of his generation? Like all the receipts are telling me he's being constantly manipulated, kidnapped, and beaten, and taken advantage of. I really don't see how him being fast constitutes as making him the best shadow hunter of his generation. Um, I'll give you a little quote. Um, that's used, like, this type of quote is seen a lot through this book for sure. I'm, I think all the books. Um, Cassandra Clare says, when Jace moves fast, when Jace moves fast, his individual movements were almost invisible. And, like, good for you, but also, can you really say that he's the best shadow hunter of his generation if he's doping? By doping, I mean the fact that he has angel blood. Like, that's not really fair. <laughs> you can't be the shadow hunter then. No, that's true. you're and also, at fair biological advantage. That's true. And it's also like, it's kind of sexist because Clary has the same advantage. She's still, she's got that angel blood in her, but they don't call her the best shadow hunter of her generation. Well, honestly, I get that because she was not born a shadow hunter, but her powers seem pretty cool. Like cooler than being fast. Yeah. <laughs> What's your power? I run fast. <laughs> I'm quick. Um, you want to see some real speed? Yeah. Honestly, like, other shadow hunter, like, I don't know. Literally, Jace doesn't really do anything except for, like, I'm really good at my job. He seems to boast more than he does anything. Yeah, like, Izzy, the stuff that Izzy does, like, the fact that she met up with Clary at the Church of Talto and, like, obliterated demons. She's been obliterating demons in City of Bones. She should get the title of Greatest Shadow Hunter. Like, and, because she doesn't have the cons of partaking in incestuous behavior and being an overall prick, which, you know, Jace is. Yeah, honestly, when I'm giving the title of Most Talented Shadow Hunter, I do have to take into consideration some of their lesser moments, and Jace has a lot more, more lesser moments <laughs> than yeah. Izzy or literally anyone else in this book, maybe with the exception of Clary, because she's dumb, but then again, speaking of Clary... There's Jason Clary and the whole ordeal with okay now they're not um, siblings anymore, so they can date right? They can date and it'll be no problem. But no, of course not, because Cassandra Clare has just been replaying the same Jason Clary can't have each other trope, but with different struggles. You know what I mean? Like in the first three book, it was like oh Jason Clary can't have each other because they're siblings. Now, it's like, Jace and Clary can't have each other because Jace is having visions of murdering Clary. Like, instead of being a good boyfriend and communicating with her and saying, hey, I'm having a problem, this is what's happening, it's not because I hate you, it's not because I'm distancing myself from you, it's because I'm literally having visions of you dying by my hand. No, he has to make her feel like she's crazy and that he hates her and then acts all incredulous when she confronts him about her feelings. Like, Making out with someone and confessing your undying love every nine minutes doesn't cons constitute a good relationship. And I don't think Cassandra Clare knows that because, like, I haven't really seen a healthy relationship from her. Everyone's always, like, kind of toxic, like, non-communicative or, like, something, you know? Yeah. I think the lack of communication gets me. There is another quote. I mean, I don't know why I was so into quotes for this book, but... This is about Clary. This is, yeah, about Clary, about Jace. 
For so long, it seemed a total impossibility that Jace would ever be her boyfriend, but they could ever be, what? That doesn't make any sense. That they could ever be anything to each other at all but brother and sister, and that had been too hard and too horrible to face. And to that, I just, like, want to say disgusting. <laughs> like, I just don't understand why in your thought process you would be, like, I don't know, like, he's your brother and now this is terrible because I knew him for a month and he looked hot and so I liked him and now my life is over because he's my brother. Yeah like I remember thinking while I was reading this book like you know how Jocelyn was kind of warning Clary that she's kind of moving too fast and you know maybe their relationship is super serious and they haven't really been dating for that long. This is like the one time I agree with Jocelyn because like oh my god yeah, literally, you'll never catch me saying that again, but they're literally, they're 16 years old, this is Clary's first serious relationship, and they're acting like it's endgame when they don't even speak to each other, they don't even communicate, they just say I love you periodically, and that's it. Literally, like, what I would like to see is, um, them break up. <laughs> Simran, <laughs> stop. What? They're so bad with each other that they should just break up, like, they're so bad that you're like, okay, you guys deserve each other because you both suck. But at the same time, I'm like, no, shut up. You guys literally don't have a real relationship. And I don't know. I feel like they built it up a lot more in their head than they actually ever had a relationship. Yeah, that's so true. Like, if you look at the, if you look at the words versus the actions, the words are all like, I love you. I love you. I love you. But the actions are all like Jace ignoring Clary, Jace being a prick to Clary. Clary yelling at Jace, like, them being separated, you know, them being siblings. Like, where is the like, actual meat of the relationship? I love you for what? Like, like, why? Like, when did you decide that you loved him? Yeah, literally. Like, what, when he, when he was your brother? Because that's bad. That's not good. And that is genuinely when I feel like they really were like, oh my god, I like him. Like, before that, it was kind of like, oh, he's cute. Oh, she's cute. He's kind of annoying. Um, and then they're, as soon as their brother or sister, they're like, what the heck? I can't not think about him or her. But the, like, I, it's stupid, but I kind of get it. Because, like, you know, at home, when there's, like, a box of, I don't know, blueberries in the fridge, you're just like, nah, I don't want blueberry. I don't want a blueberry. And then you wait a couple days, and all of a sudden, you're like, oh, my God. I'm going to check what's in the fridge. And you open it, and there's no blueberries. And you're like, dang, I was going to eat those. I was going to eat those blueberries, and now I can't have them, and now I need blueberries. Yeah, but I mean? you find out that this guy's your brother and you still want to date him? No, that is not the same thing as blueberries. <laughs> I mean, maybe not, but that's, like, that's the only explanation that I can think of that would make this somewhat plausible in my brain. Okay, so um, one last quote from me to you guys. This is another one of those things I did not understand, or I assume I did not understand, when I first read it, when I was 12, 13. <laughs> so it was when they were getting Jocelyn's wedding dress or they were talking about it. Simon said, Simon said, huh? <laughs> I thought Jocelyn said her dress wasn't white. And then Jace was like, well, I suppose that ship has sailed. And then Luke, Luke chokes on his coffee. With good reason. He basically just called his fiance a hoe. I mean, I don't think, like, okay, First of all, inappropriate, Jace. You cannot say that about your girlfriend's mother. Literally. Slash someone you thought was your mother, like, literally a week ago. Yeah, literally. 
Um, second of all, I feel like, like, how has she been a hoe? Like, she hasn't been. She how? absolutely hasn't been. She was in a in an abusive relationship and already married. So I can see how technically, like, I think the white dress thing was, like, the purity. Yeah. But I don't know. No, you're absolutely right. Like, no matter what my beef is with Jocelyn, she has not behaved like a hoe. And even if she did, that's her prerogative. She can do whatever she wants. Like, who what is-, is this, like? 17 16 year old boy commenting on it yeah, that's just inappropriate to say i think this they're literally wedding dress shopping and this is just not the time like i feel like jace complimenting women is just a no like remember at the end when clary's all dressed up and he's just like you look beautiful but distant as if i couldn't touch you like what, what, what is that what is that yeah. what kind of a backhanded compliment is that i just want him to shut up yeah, I want him to just leave. I want him to get on a train going, a midnight train going anywhere and leave. Okay. So, <laughs> one more thing to discuss, and this is really Avika's thing, was the plot holes. I, I don't know why. I guess I analyzed this book really hard because the plot was super weak and there's nothing better for me to do than to super analyze this book, but okay. So at the end of the book, Maureen takes over the clan of vampires by killing their leader. But in City of Bones, Raphael says that werewolves or that vampires are not like werewolves and they don't kill leaders to take over. I don't know if anyone noticed that inconsistency, but um, the fact that Maureen killed the vamp leader and became leader, it's not how vampires, vampire clans work. Like that's a major plot hole. Like she's contradicting herself, Cassie is. So honestly, like, I feel like that's something that if you were writing a book and then you had an editor editing a book, like something you would catch. I mean, based off of the grammatical errors in these books alone, I'm not surprised that they didn't catch this plot hole. I'm surprised that they let these books be published. Like, honestly, just, yeah. Just with the incest alone. And, you know, and the perpetuating toxic relationships, because, like, as a child, you don't know any better to know that these are horrible relationships. You just, you, like, idolize them, and then you get into bad relationships yourself. It's dangerous. Yeah, and it's, like, kind of bad, because, like, her YA books are kind of, like, at least Mortal Instruments, I found them to be, like, younger YA, like, closer to younger YA than being, like, new adult. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. There are a lot of, like, younger kids reading it. Uh, Like, I don't know. Like, I think it's just pretty messed up that, like, she's writing these stories and they have, like, these abusive relationships that aren't being marked as abusive. And, like, like, just, like, with the whole Jordan Maya Mm -hmm. thing, like, I feel like if she was in an abusive relationship with him no way can he just come back and say I'm better now and then them have a relationship and people ship them yeah yeah and like Maya just like forgiving him so easily especially since Maya is supposed to be like you know I'm not saying that forgiving someone is weak but like Maya is shown to be a very strong character but with a traumatic past and that trauma is all Jordan so you would assume that Jordan just being like haha I'm sorry forgive me is just not going to work with her Mm. yeah but you know for whatever reason for whatever reason Cassandra Clare likes to perpetuate toxic relationships and toxic toxic ideologies which is why 
I'd give this book a solid D. Just for one, lack of spice, lack of plot. Like there really was not any plot going on. Like the main thing that happened was Lilith raised Sebastian at the end, which didn't even make sense, but there's no point in even talking about that because it's stupid. And uh, I feel like this whole book could have been condensed into maybe two, three chapters. And the Jace, Jace's whole tormented bad boy trope made me want to rip my hair out. So yeah, solid D for me. It definitely could have been like a novella or like shorter than a novella, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I would give this book a C minus. Again, like my grades are kind of inflated for whatever reason. I don't know. Like, yes, the incidence of incest was reduced considerably. Um, we didn't really see because like now Jason Clary are not brother and sister, but it was boring. I feel like it could have been scrapped completely or I mean turned into a short story and I personally feel like the ending where Sebastian and Jace were bonded and was the only important thing and the rest of it was kind of meh like um it was the shortest book in the series but it genuinely took me the longest to read because it just was so boring like I kept having to be like okay read it like pay attention read it it was just there's no entertainment for me exactly well, all right, that's, uh, that's all we have for you guys today. Make sure to follow us uh, at Yappin' With Us on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. And the question we're leaving you off with today is, do you like Maya and Simon or Izzy and Simon? Stay tuned for our next episode to hear our answers and make sure to tell us your answers on social media. Thanks for listening and we will meet you in another book world.